What's going on, boys and girls? We have a terrific episode of Two White Lights for you today. I had an in-person interview at Project Strength with the one, the only, Brandon Petrie. He is a fantastic, accomplished 93-kilo lifter, but now that there's new weight classes, he is a 100-kilo professional USAPL lifter, and we had ourselves a very, very good conversation. Um... Like most in-person interviews, this was fantastic. We were able to converse. We were able to talk about a lot of topics, and it's a little bit more free, a little more easy because you're actually in-person talking. Uh, I'm very good friends with Brandon. He is a phenomenal lifter and a phenomenal person. has fantastic takes on powerlifting, really good insight on things. I got to commentate him winning the Carolina primetime that Two White Lights covered, and the dude has built so much momentum after that meet and into this Virginia Pro that is happening in just a couple of weeks. He is looking like a top contender, so we talk about that. We talk about his momentum after the Carolina primetime going into this meet. His training has been looking fantastic. He had our lift of the week with his 800-pound pull, but we could easily put a 700-pound squat in there as well. So momentum after Carolina primetime has been unbelievable. He is looking like he is a definite contender for top five at the Virginia Pro, so that will mean he could possibly bring home some money. And we had some really good conversation. Uh, we had a nice underrated, overrated talk as well um, because – some people consider him underrated. Um, I would consider him underrated at times as well. And we had a really good conversation just on the definition of underrated, overrated in sports in general. But whole lot of great topics. I won't. I there's a, we talk about a lot and in person interviews. There's is never like a whole set thing that we talk about. We just talk, and that's my ideal podcast. And I know people listen. Two, two White Lights, definitely liked it as well. So fantastic episode. Definitely going to have Brandon on again sometime. He is in Houston, and I am doing more in-person interviews. But before we get into Brandon Petrie's interview, I got to talk about Leflar Bros. Ladies and gentlemen, go to leflarbros.com and get yourself the best powerlifting merchandise in the sport. I am currently wearing their dad hat. Kyle Project Strength looks just as good in the dad hat. CB looks good in the dad hat as well. Everyone looks good in dad hat because it looks amazing. It's a beautiful, beautiful hat and also get the entire fit, get the tank top, get the joggers. Also, check out their other merchandise because they continuously have great, dope, new designs and all of their merch looks different. Use promo code 2WL15 to make yourself look good on the platform, off the platform, in the gym, off the gym, whatever. Left Floor Bros will make you look good and they can make you save some money if you use that promo code 2WL15. That's 2WL15. Also on leftfloorbros.com because it is the greatest website in powerlifting, you get two white lights merchandise exclusively on there. If you go to twowhitelights.com and click that shop icon, you're just going to go right to leftfloorbros.com and you can get our very own merchandise as well. CB develops and, mer- and designs our uh, two White Lights merchandise as well, and we have a lot of different designs too. We have the Fight Night tee, the Off the Top Rope tee, the Twitching Out tees, which I think are my favorite so far, and we also got some dad hats ourselves, and of course the original, can't go wrong with the original, banners, you name it, Left Floor Bros got you covered, and Two White Lights got you covered. Use the same promo code 2WL15 on both things, so fill your shopping cart up with Left Floor Bros merchandise and Two White Lights merchandise as well. Also, uh, sorry, I'm still, my voice is still gone. Go to lift.net and get yourself some Stoic gear. I wear Stoic gear in the gym on the platform, and the reason why is because it is quality and it is the best. It is the most affordable equipment you can get in powerlifting and also the most quality 
So use promo code Angelo10 to save yourself some more money on some stoic gear. The wrist straps and knee sleeves, the singlets are fantastic. They're also just dropped some socks, and they're going to come out with some more merchandise. Stoic is making some moves, and I'm excited for it. Use promo code Angelo10, lift.net, stoic gear. Also, make sure you're visiting NotoriousLift.com and follow them on Instagram as well. No slip drip. Notorious Lift slippers are legit. They look good. They feel good, they help your deadlift, and they help you look good doing it. And that is the most important thing in powerlifting. If you look good, you feel good. If you feel good, you play good. And Notorious Lift got you covered. They continuously come up with new colorways, new drops that is going to match your gym attire, platform attire, you name it. Notorious Lift has got you covered. Use promo code ANG15, that's A-N-G-15, to save yourself some money on Notorious Lift Slippers. And also sign up for the newsletter because these things sell out fast, and I am not exaggerating. They sell out in minutes. You don't want to miss out on a big drop. Also, that newsletter will tell you when they're re-releasing a certain colorway that you missed out on. So if you missed out, if you're just a little bit late, like three minutes late or something, don't worry. They do release a lot of their old slippers, and you use that promo code and 15 to save yourself some money. Also, we're available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iTunes as well. Subscribe on all of them. Leave a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Leave a review as well. We listen to those reviews. As you can tell, we have some improved audio, and I am very grateful for that. But that's because we saw the reviews. Uh, We are a podcast that listens to the reviews too, so make sure you're on those reviews. Leave a five-star rating. Subscribe on Spotify, and also we're on 2whitelights.com. Make sure you subscribe there as well. Subscribe to all the things. All the things to keep up to date on 2whitelights.com episodes and content and without further ado here it is two white lights oh baby i like it more. yeah baby i like it more. oh baby i like it more. yeah baby i like it more. Yeah, baby, I like it more. Yeah. give me 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 and as promised, I got with me a man who I can call a professional powerlifter. Hey, really quick, how's it feel to be a professional powerlifter? Man, it feels it feels good to be one of the first professional powerlifters. You know, I could probably share that because I. I too. Yeah, I'm a professional. Are, are you a professional powerlifter? <laughs> I, I am. Oh uh, shit! Actually, right. you you uh, got me to change my bio. Oh, you got me to change my bio. Nice. I, well, I I hope everyone changes their bio if you're a professional powerlifter. I think <laughs> if you're a pro, you should change the bio, make sure everyone knows. But I got with me Brandon Petrie, and also another bio change. I don't know what to call you. Ninety three kilo or a hundred kilo lifter? Um, the bio is already changed. I'm a hundred kilo lifter. I am not cutting. Oh, all right. <laughs> yeah, I'm not cutting. Uh, thank you for having me on, uh, Angelo. It's been, uh, I've been wanting to be on this podcast for a while, uh, pretty much ever since I started like listening to the podcast. Um, and it's good to be here. Yeah, man. I'm excited. And we're both in Houston. We both train together and I, we, we see each other frequently now. Very frequently. Like, yeah. I think I've seen you, what, how many times within the past month? Like, Four or five times just in random cities as well. Well, yeah, because then uh, the first time I met you in person was Carolina Primetime, which we're yeah. actually going to start there. And then 
then I moved to Houston shortly after, and then we saw each other like pretty much on a regular basis. Um, and then even in California, we were at the Warcat Open, where you had a lifter who actually won best overall female lifter. That's right. You actually do that a lot, so you have a Houstoner like win these fucking meets that are out of state, and, like one in California, yourself in Carolina primetime. Like that could be your rep. I, I mean, we may. Yeah, honestly, that may be our thing. I may just have lifters just go purposely to other states so we could take those best lifter awards. Yep, yep, yeah. No, I mean, that's 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 a good way to do it. And a quick shout out to uh, Lindy. Um, I'm going to mention you on the podcast because I will say one thing. After she won best lifter, I know that like you know Kaizo and like uh, David Chan, like that was amazing mm-hmm. performances, but. It wasn't too much shine on what she did. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to give her her shout out. Yeah. <laughs> so, Lindy, good job. Um, I'm super proud of you. I mean, she went in. Uh, she got a stomach bug uh, the week of prep, and we didn't know what to really expect out of it. And then she peaked well into it, came into a whole different state, was definitely the underdog going into that competition, mm-hmm. went nine for nine, and posted a top 10 total in the 52 kg weight class. So, yeah. shout out to her. Yeah, it was a great performance, too. And we, like, that meet actually should have yielded a recap, but fucking IPF and USAPL lost their damn minds. <laughs> yeah. And we had to, of course, talk about it. So, like, because that was the highlight of the original day of the uh, first session was Lynn and uh, Loris yeah. kind of going back and, um, or uh, Lorraine going Lorraine. back and forth uh, with best female lifter. And yeah, man, that was a really good performance, and it was good to see her compete um, and go nine for nine, and pull for the win. Yeah. And like these these meets, man, are getting good at the local level. And you're a guy who actually kind of has like you. Ha- I mean, like that's that's where people got to see you. Yeah. Was at those local meets that were starting off as local, but then USAPL meet directors started to take it seriously and try to make it look, look more professional. Right. And Carolina Primetime, you were one of, the, like, the first breakout performers of those, like, local meets where the spotlight was on you. And I remember commentating that meet. It was a – it was – we we forget how good that meet was because of all the meets that happened afterwards. Yeah. Because, like, like the, even this past one, work had opened. It was an awesome meet. And we talk about how awesome it was, but – Back in October, that meet was or June. That was so damn good because you had to pull for the win. Yep. You had to really go eight for nine, nine for nine in order to beat Andre Easter. Right, and the quality of competition that day was so good. And you would have had a total at your Carolina primetime meet that would have registered a top five at nationals. Right, top five, and it was um, yeah. The meet was fun though. Like I, I purposely wanted that. Like with everything being iffy with mm. the whole like USAPL situation and just the way they handled it. Um, especially when they brought out like the lifetime memberships and stuff like that. It, yeah. And just everything weird going on with the world. I was just like, eh, like I'm coming off of injury. I've been battling through things all throughout 2020 and this even leading into 2021. So I was like my first meet back, I just want it to be competitive, yeah. but I want it to be fun. Like I mm. love North Carolina. Like that's where a lot of my homies are. Mm. That's where Jamar is. That's where Becca is uh, my friend Dom and then his girlfriend, Becca, um, and Marcus, most of my Marcus, so he was out there. Yeah. And just a lot of my, my friends are out there. So I was like, I'm going to go to that meet. They invited me, and I see that Andre's on there. I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know how sh- – I knew he was strong because I looked up his numbers, but I didn't know how strong he was mm-hmm. until, what, like a couple of days before the meet. Well, we did the preview. We yeah. kind of figured out he was strong because of his numbers, like – we're like, okay, that was a long time ago. He put those numbers up, so we had to go on Instagram, see what he's doing. And he looked good on Instagram, I mean, yeah. from the literally posts. And 
I, I it was funny because I think Andre like didn't have equipment or something. He didn't bring yeah. like certain. Am I remember remembering this correctly? No, you are. He uh, he didn't have a singlet. Okay, that's oh. that's that's a big. We didn't get to recap this because no. nationals happened a week after. He, forgetting a singlet is amazing. Yeah, it's incredible. And I when he told me, I'm like. Dude, I had he projected second on my thing. You better find a singlet, or because this is gonna make me look real stupid if you don't find a singlet. But he just puts out a singlet and has a great meet, and now he he kind of put himself out like in the top ten too in ninety threes, and yeah. people are like, damn, this dude strong as well. Yeah, no, I mean, and like, well, for me, he had, well, so his IG was private, and so I had to like look up and I followed him, and then like yeah. he accepted my request like the week of the meet. And so I'm looking at his lifts, and I'm like, oh, like, he squatted 680. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay. And I was like, oh, he benched 470-something or 480. I was like, okay. And, like, he was – I think he pulled 700, like, pretty quick. Yeah. And I was like, okay. I was like, yeah, I have to make sure that I'm, like, on the money with everything going into this meet. Mm-hmm. And even, like, when it came down to weigh-in, like, I, um, I kind of had, like, a chill water cut. I didn't really, like, emphasize it too much, and – Whenever I got there, I was like ninety three point zero two, yeah, and I was like shit, <laughs> and I was like, well, let me just go outside real quick, sweat a little bit, and then luckily I did have to use the restroom, so I barely made weight, and he was like well in weight, like he was like a ninety, like ninety two point one or something like that, yeah. So I was like, okay, so I'm gonna have to make up ground because he's already gonna have like uh, a better IPF um, good lift points than I will. So just even if we total the same, like he he will still have that edge for as far as best lifter mm-hmm. so i was like all right you know going in there with marcellus it all depended on how my squat warm-ups were to see if i was ready to be strong on squat yeah and uh i got to i because when i warm up it's one red two red three red by three reds i know if i'm having a good squat day or not and so i did three reds i looked at marcellus marcellus looked at me and i was like yeah, it's going to be a good day. Yeah. Well, yeah, your squat was actually better than you thought, too, because they misloaded your third attempt. <laughs> yeah, that helps. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I was going there squatting 655, and they're saying, no, no, no. I was like, we'll just throw on 661 for you. It's fine. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. For those who don't know, uh, he had it was at 297, right? Mm-hmm. And then it was actually 300 kilos on the bar. Um, I didn't notice until – I actually myself didn't even notice uh, – Looking at the bar until so, I think Marshall had to tell me it's like they misloaded the bar for him, and he was kind of pissed. Like, like they fucking misloaded yeah. the bar for him. It's not good. I'm like, if he would have missed that, that would have been bad because you get to retake it. But yeah, but when, at you, that point, when you drain a bunch of energy on a 661 pound squat, like you can't. You, even if you hit it, like it's hard to hit it again. Like yeah. you don't, you don't want to hit four attempts on a squat. But uh, you were able to. I mean, you, you squatted it, so really you had a three hundred kilo squat that day, and then you finished it off on deadlifts, which you like. That was kind of the uh, yeah. That was um, that was the decider of the meet was uh, going to deadlifts. But I, it, it's uh, one of those uh, recency bias kind of things, so because yeah. you had this meet, people were pumped. You and uh, you and Natalie Richards really, yeah. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, Natalie had a good Natalie and Celine's matchup yeah. battle was really really good too. And it was almost equivalent too because you both are top five lifters. I think you were a top five ninety three. I mean, who the hell knows at hundred? I, I mean, I'm I'm just curious to see like who competes at hundred. Same. Um, but you and her are like at the same level as far as just not competing at nationals, but being national yeah. contenders, uh, and then showing out that meets. But then like nationals happens and. People people forget about it, and for a good reason, right? There's 
how many weight classes going, and then you have so many storylines being developed yeah. from it. It, was, it. it really seemed like it was like, so Carolina Primetime happened. It, it honestly felt like that day was it, and then after it was over, boom, all yeah. the storylines came out for, like, nationals, and, all, you know, it was like this on King of the List and that on Two White Lights going back and forth. And and honestly, like, King of the List really didn't shine any light on no. Carolina Primetime. Well, they, yeah, they're not – I mean, it's not, it's not like a French meet. They're not, yeah. they're not covering it at all, so <laughs> – uh, yeah, it is what it is. But uh, going into it, I was very curious to see. I was also curious to see what happened at Nationals. I was all excited because mm-hmm. when I posted this total, I was like, all right, well, what do they do? Because I knew that we had, like, Chance hasn't competed yet. Bob hasn't competed yet. Keiko hasn't competed yet. Gavin hasn't competed yet. So I'm like, uh, Cameron hadn't competed yet. So I was like, all right, what are they going to do? And, uh, and Connor uh, hadn't competed yet. So yeah. like, all right, what are they going to do? That And where does my total line up with what they have? Mm-hmm. And everything finished out. I was like, oh, this is nice. Yeah. I was like, this is great momentum going into, like, the rest of the year and then yeah. going into next year's Nationals. Mm-hmm. Um, and so after I watched them compete, I was chilling, um, and then I decided to experiment with sumo because I'm healthy again. Yeah. So, like, me and Marcellus, we got together, and we started throwing uh, that on, and that made it to where – I figured out that I was really strong mm-hmm. on sumo, but I was really raw yeah. on sumo. And But we're just playing around with stuff. I was doing sumo and conventional. I was just, like, trying to figure out what meet I'm going to do next because I don't think we were really too sure on anything yeah. um, until, like, I knew for sure I could get into the Virginia Pro. Yeah. Um, and so I had to email Sabre, put in my good luck points based on everything that happened after nationals, and then I was still ranked within, like, the – I think top 10 or top 20 that they wanted. I think it was top 25 or something like top 25 over best overall lifters. Yeah. And so like I was, I was in there and he said I had a secure spot. So I was like, all right, all right, this is the meet. And Mm -hmm. so now everything is like dedicated and game plan towards this meet. Yeah. Um, And that's where we're at now. Yeah. You, yeah. Like that would be the spotlight. You did mention something uh, with the, uh, with the injuries. Yeah. So I think, cause I knew, I started seeing your uh, videos. I don't know. I think it was like during 2020. Uh, actually, right when the quarantine happened, because you got, I mean, you started getting your phone, you started really just spending most of your time, like, on the phone. Yeah. Um, and I think you came up in a group chat, and like, this guy's strong. <laughs> I'm like, and I, I think might have, um, uh, Ashton might have been like, yeah, he's strong. It's like, sometimes he's just he, he's dealing with a lot of injuries. Yeah. So, I, because I, I don't know prior, like, how was... Your lifting career prior to say Carolina Primetime. So my lifting career, I I've been in the sport for a minute. I've been mm. in the sport for like five years now. Mm. Um, my first nationals was 2017. Okay, and I self coached myself into that nationals. Mm. Um, I just freshly got in the sport. Funny fact: my very first powerlifting meet was Summer Power Fest here in Houston. Um, it was the year that David Wilson, I think, uh, got his or got his deadlift. Or he also bombed out. I forgot which one that, what how he performed at that meet. I forgot how he did, but um, I bombed out that meet, <laughs> and uh, it was very humbling. Um, I was working out at like twenty four hour fitness because that's where I worked, and I was using like you know twenty four hour fitness plates, thinking that that shit would transfer. And so I went and I opened. I had an opening squat of like five eighty four, and didn't hit depth, and then didn't hit depth again. And then I buried it, and then I got buried by that squat and bombed myself out. Oh. Um, and funny enough, Chance, this is the first time I ever met Chance. 
And Chess came up to me. I didn't know who Chance was. I had no idea who this guy is. He just came up to me in the back. And he told me about, like, this next meet in Fort Worth. And he was like, hey, like, you're strong. You just got to do this in a smarter way. And we need to have, like, that strength at Nationals. So he is – he's actually a, a big reason that I actually, like, continued on and, like, approached the sport in a smarter way. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I went on to do that Fort Worth meet, posted a total, qualified myself for Nationals. Um, and then after Nationals, I got with uh, LS – and I was coached with LS for two years, and I went to 2018 Nationals, and I was third in the juniors at uh, that Nationals in Spokane. Mm-hmm. Um, then, fast forward, I was in prime time for the first time in 2019, Raw Nationals. And I didn't have, like, the best meet. Mm-hmm. Um, just attempt selections were just off, and just overall, like, just going into that meet, there was a lot of things that just happened in life that just throw things off. Um, and then after that, it was just – Injuries after injuries. It yeah. was uh, first. It was like my like back, kind of like you know those weird back injuries or whatever. Yeah. Like you, you just say back, but it's usually something else is more complicated. Um, so I had that going on for the longest. That kind of stalled my lifts, and then I had like a really bad groin injury, like a like adductor type stuff mm-hmm. that held back my squats. I mean, like there was months to where I was squatting in the three hundreds, like in. I really didn't want to touch anything over four because it just hurt too much. Mm-hmm. And it took like, I mean, I would, I've seen like, like two Kairos and I saw like uh, our friend Derek, who's a, who's a PT, mm-hmm. um, just really helping me work through a lot of different things. And we worked on just recovery, fatigue management, or like kind of like load management for my programming until I just slowly healed. And then we stuck with that um, until my squat got rebuilt. So my first time I touched 600, was February going into June. So, mm-hmm. and I, I hadn't touched 600, I think, in like the past five or six months before that February. Um, and then I just kept going on pace. I'm just trying to like monitor how many times I took 600 in the squat and how making sure I didn't touch sumo at all, making sure mm-hmm. I stayed with conventional and just riding with that into Carolina primetime. Yeah. And also, like with some of your lifting videos, you can tell when someone's like hurt. <laughs> or when someone like doesn't exactly have like the um, the rebound and uh, the kind of like, the spring effect, and you can tell that. But then like w- and at the same time, you can tell when they fix it. Yeah. So like when I I could tell that you fixed it, it's like, dude, this guy like his when someone. I mean, it's um it's one of those things where someone when they are able to move a certain weight at a certain speed yeah. or with a certain effort, like that looks smooth. Like the technique was good, and he's making the proper technique adjustments. I'm like, this is. This guy is actually going to be a contender, yeah. um, or you at least have the faith that they're going to be one. I think right now that's what's happening, and and I think right now just based on momentum, um, as this podcast airs, you guys would have seen. If you guys aren't following Brandon, you should be one and two. Um, the squat is seven. Squat is seven. Just pulled eight. Pulled eight. Squat is seven, and the seven was easy. Yeah, it I, was. It was. It was solid. It was a <laughs> solid. It was a very solid squat. It was a. Like, I don't know, like the, the, the type of energy that I'm on right now, I just had a lot of things happen. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm, my approach to training is I'm a lot more confident. Mm-hmm. I, I'm using the momentum of Carolina primetime. I'm using the fact that I have a lot more knowledge and information about my injuries and about, like, how I can stay healthy. And now that I have that, I have this certain 
like it's not cockiness mm-hmm. is it, is really is i just i know what i can do yeah. and i know how strong i am so when i went in there and i squatted the 700 all i did was i smiled yeah <laughs> and then me and ramel um the guy who was actually videoing the documentary we'll talk about it in a little bit um is i just i popped up so fucking fast <laughs> and like, I had never touched 700 pounds in my life. Mm-hmm. The most I've ever touched was 684, and that was just a month ago prior. Yeah. Um, and then all I know is that going into this meet, like, I, like I'm like i looking to pass seven confidently. Um, so that's why I just wanted to, like, talk about that real quick. Yeah. I was like, like, that meant a whole lot to me. Like, yeah. Not just squatting it, but I squatted it to a point to where it's undeniable. Well, I think, but now I think we're, you know, we're, we're looking at this and we're looking forward into the Virginia Pro. Yeah. It's like, we're, we're seeing it. We're seeing the work. We're seeing what's happening. And I think right now you're kind of putting yourself there, like, in that contention with the top lifters there. Yeah. I think the, um, the uh, competition between you and Bob yes. is going to be, I mean, for two white lights at least, it's going to be one of our storylines. Like when we, when me and Steve do the re, uh, preview of it, like that's one thing we're going to talk about. It's still a little weird because it's like we're all best, like we're all going like for best overall lifter. Yeah. Um. But like I think just a sub storyline there is like we're potentially looking at the yep. top two uh, no, hundred kilo lifters like as it stands right now. And you're then, looking like, at the future of the class. Yeah. Like this is me and Bob are. You know, I don't know who else is you know coming down or who's going. Yeah, up the, as well, the, this but. is this is going to be all like. Yeah. I mean, actually, by this time, the episode of <laughs> like of us like predicting who would be in the certain weight classes, like yeah. it's it's going to be on Monday, and we there's so many possibilities with it. Yeah, and I think, but I still think with the the two contenders, it would be you and Bob, yeah. and and the both like it's been crazy watching you like I think. Because Ashton's Ashton, you know, fucking he's Ashton. Yeah, yeah. he's always he's always doing crazy things. We're all over. It's 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 very similar to Taylor, where we're just used to it by now. So it kind of like desensitizes us. But I think with what we're seeing from you and Bob in training right now, that's kind of where all the eyes are on. It's like these guys are putting together numbers that are making them legitimate contenders. Bob would have been for one hundred and five. You would have been for ninety three. Yeah, and. We're meeting in the middle. Yeah, and and then, but now now it's like a perfect like situation where you guys are both meeting in it, and that is going to be that's going to be because his I mean his training's been ridiculous. And, and you know what's funny is uh, I mean we all have we have a group chat. Everyone has mm. group chats in this sport. Um, and me and Bob are in the group chat. Not only that, we're teammates. Mm. So me and Bob are also coached by Marcellus. Yeah, and we you know been pushing each other and like we talk about like certain lists and stuff like that, especially leading internationals. Um. Just really, really kind of like hyping each other up, yeah. and for us to be competitors again, like I'm excited. Yeah, like we're like it's like it's not one of those things where like we're just so friendly that it's annoying, mm-hmm. you know? Like because I I like like the friendliness like within the sport, but sometimes I feel like that takes away from the competitiveness. Yeah, like me and Bob are still competitive. Like, the, yeah, the fake humble. Yeah, <laughs> like we're like you, you could tell where it's overly humble. Yes, where even friends. I mean. Friends shit talk each other all the time. Actually, yeah. the biggest, the, my most heinous insults were to my friends. <laughs> like not to not to people who I actually like didn't like. Yeah. So I I understand what you're saying there. Um, friendly competition is good, especially within a team because you guys are both under a team. Yeah. I mean that's that's, that's that's the whole point. Like you gotta you gotta talk your shit. Yeah. Like You have to talk your shit, and that's the only that's the only way that you're truly going to be pushed. Like if 
oh, it's okay. Like, you know, if you hit that, like, oh, no, I want you to win. Like, like no, fuck that. I want to mm. win. I want you to be your best self so that way I could beat you at your best self. Like, I mean, that's what I did with Andre as well. Yeah. Like, I'm cool with Andre. But yeah. at the meet, I made sure that he was taken care of because I didn't want any – I, I don't want anything to be said. Like, I want yeah. you to be at your best so that way when I beat you, it's like, no, I beat you. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't want anything. And yeah. I, I want you to, and if you beat me, I want to be beaten because you're stronger than me, not because of anything else. Yeah. The tide's turning a bit in powerlifting where it's happening more, and I'm very happy to see it. Cause even in Nashville, I was like, I'm cool. I mean, there's very few people. Like, actually, I mean, I'm within the USAPL. I don't think there's a person like I have a deep, bitter relationship yeah. with no um and i'm friends with most of them but like we're all competitive so like the 83s i'm cool with all of them yeah but you know like with the like uh delaney for example yeah. delaney like hyping me off my deadlift like bro it's just unfair i'm like shut the fuck up delaney. <laughs> yeah it's like i'm like i get mad i'm like shut the fuck up like you you know you're stronger than me man shut the fuck up dude yeah, and like, then like it just turns i'm like you're being too nice like shut up i know i'm like i know i know you're being nice i know you mean it but just seriously shut the fuck up because i'm mad at you because you're squatting yeah. 700 too mine is like mine's like don't don't act like you're actually scared. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't, don't, don't act like, oh man, it's so unfair. Like, I'm like, okay, but you're still about, like, yeah. you're about to out total me. That's what like, I, I think. Stop. It's all, yeah, I, I turned, uh, told Perkins that too during the March Madness thing. Cause he was like, uh, he's like, man, he's like, you know what? I can hope you win. I'm like, shut the fuck up, Perk. I'm like, you don't hope I win. I'm like, well, so I'm like, well, I mean, you probably do hope I win. Cause if I win, then you're truly underrated. Like you always say you were, but, um, <laughs> but like, uh, like, like, is don't, that, don't give me that bullshit. Is that brought up again? Do you think? Like with the new weight classes, is he gonna? Is that gonna be brought up again to where he's underrated, or is no. he still on top? Is that done? Well, no. I, I, well, I hope it's underrated. I hope it's done. <laughs> I hope it's done because the next thing that's a turn of the, the overrated talk, which yeah. you don't want. So it, it's better to be underrated than overrated. I can tell you that right now. True. So you never want to get that other label. But um, no, I think it's done. I think uh, actually, let me ask you because you're a guy always kind of like. You're you're a guy who just kind of came onto the scene. Do you think of yourself as underrated? Hundred percent. You do. Hundred percent. Yeah. Always. Like, yeah. Explain. But, so explain why, because the underrated, exactly. overrated thing in sports in general, not just powerlifting, in sports, is hilarious to me because it's like, <laughs> I mean, it's it's a thing that podcasts like us and media yeah. things like to talk about. This person's underrated. This person's overrated. And there's no, like, way to find out if someone's underrated or overrated. That's true. I feel like it's pers- – I mean, at a certain point, like, like Perk, like, no, like, it's done. Well, I mean, I think but, there was a point, perhaps, where, but, like, he was kind of. Then there was the thing, like, yeah. no, you're – now it's over. Like, you don't After get to talk about it anymore. 2019 Raw Nationals, he was not underrated. I, yeah. I understood from his point yeah. as far as, like, against Taylor or whatever, but still, no, you're not underrated. Me, I say that because – I've well, just I've been in sport like a minute, and mm-hmm. me myself, I feel like I've been strong, yeah. and I've been up there, and I've been around. Like a lot of the top lifters in the sport know me, and I talk to them, and like we all know that I'm strong. But yeah. it's like whenever I have like whenever you have these conversations, as far as like who's coming up in the class or who's like best in the class or whatever, that didn't start happening until I'm posting numbers to where I could be the best in this new class. Yeah. While you have other people who are like ranked number eight or nine or ten or like twelve or thirteen mm-hmm. that get certain like you know uh, prestige or get certain like you know uh, um, what's the word that I'm looking for? What's the word I'm looking Cloud for? Exposure. Yeah, exposure. Yeah. Um, versus like me yeah. putting in work consistently, hard work, and just like putting my lifts out there. I'm very transparent with everything that I have going on. Very transparent with like you know my lifts. I'm not hiding anything, and it's just like it just seems like it always gets overlooked even yeah. though i show up 
on the day of the meet and I show mm. up and execute. Even at the Carolina Prime Time, I still didn't really, except for you guys. Yeah. Well, it was like that's. It's funny to hear it though. Like yeah. what qualifies as overrated, underrated? Like, like what exactly? Like what? What exactly does it mean? Yeah. I mean, it, it, to me, underrated means when you are someone of high caliber and mm-hmm. you're doing things of high quality and you don't get the same exposure as someone else or other people that are doing at a lower standard than you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that's what I feel like is underrated. Yeah. It, it, I, I, w- I would agree with you because, I mean, it is a personal thing. Like there's no real like way to describe or like to actually say someone's underrated, overrated in a sport. Yeah. There's no like clear definitive way to do that. No. So it's always a debate. And, and, and this one, it seems to come down to exposure. Like if you get that repost or if you get people talking about you who are fans of the sport, Yeah. but I've always been like, you're not underrated or you're not underrated. If your competitors know you and speak yeah. highly of you. And that's where I was. That's like kind of the distinction. Cause like with perk, I'm like, his competitors always respected him. Yeah. And Nat was like, no, this guy's fucking shit. And he didn't have the following amount or whatever. I mean, he was he was he was on podcasts, he was supposed on King of Lives. You know, he was he was up there as far as exposure yeah. goes, but he just like people look at the follower rate and the views on the video and the likes and they're like, Well, not a lot of people are acknowledging him, but if the top competitors are, I'm like, that's the acknowledgement you need. Yeah. Like that's the highest in my opinion, the highest prestige you can get. And like Chad Penson was the same way. Yeah, he had. I mean, he was like un, He had not Chad, a huge following at all. Yeah, Chad Pinson under was underrated for yeah. sure, and he was like doing things that Hack was doing. Um, and we were talking, and he was the second guy to do it though. Yeah. But he didn't get that same clout and that same prestige. And then now he's not. Now he's not. Now now he's not uh, underrated at all. No. Um. You know, he's got his exposure. He's on. You know, he's got his sponsorships and all that stuff. Um. I yeah. I'm. I'm I actually think. You know, it's. I'll, I'll get two points in, Bob. Someone told like it's crazy because someone told me like Bob's underrated. I'm like, I'm like he's he's well known in like the mm-hmm. YouTube community too and Instagram and I think, and I'm like in what way? And they're like people aren't acknowledging that he like is going to be the best 105 kilo lifter when there was 105 kilo. He's like the people are not saying that he's going to be the best 105 in the world one day. I'm like. I'm like, uh, I think there's enough. I'm like, I get the storyline, but it's like, it just really goes based on like what people define as underrated, overrated. I, I mean, Cause I'm what, like, I would never, I, I want to call him underrated, but that's what, no, nah, that's a wild take because like, yeah. I mean, Bob just made the decision to switch over to 105. Well, yeah, and, but and yeah. he's not even a full blown 105 mm-hmm. yet. And to say like, like, I feel like just, it's not even that like no one's saying that. It's just like, you gotta give it time. Like, yeah. Let him like. Compete as a 105 first. Well, yeah, my, my, my take was, I'm like, well, that is because he, I mean, but that same thing, he's got a huge fan base. Like, yeah. Bob has a sneaky, like, fan base on you. Like, people love the dude. And yeah. I, I remember when he first, like, came onto Instagram and YouTube and I saw his video. I'm like, this guy's fucking crazy. Because he was doing crazy <laughs> no, shit. No, he was doing crazy Yeah, he was shit. doing the crazy stuff, not the powerlifting stuff. He was doing crazy shit, like squatting and flip flops and doing That's like, what those I knew crazy Bob stunts. originally from. Yeah. Like, so, what like, did he do the, um, like he uh, did the box squat with yeah. like the barbell on his back. Like, like, yeah, it was it was crazy stuff. So I remember, and like he's he's a cool, but like he 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 had. A, uh, I mean, if he doesn't know it now, he knows it. He had a lot of hate from the powerlifting community. Like within that time, like if I was in group chats, they would be like, "What's your opinion on this guy?" And I'm like, "He seems to be a good dude. He just does stunt lifting." And then like the, and like the takes were he would never like I don't like I don't think like he's going to ever get to a point. 
where he's one of the top lifters, and then it was at 2019 Nationals. Like, yeah. uh yeah, like, he uh, really he proved himself big time. And then once he got coaching, it was like this guy's making the progress. And now I think the powerlifting community is like this is a definite like cornerstone of our sport. Like he is a contender. He's a true contender. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, it's a, like the conversation though, is just like what qualifies someone as underrated, overrated. I would have qualified myself, qualified myself as overrated for a long time. Mm-hmm. I was not as good as people thought I was. And it was because of, you know, like a media personality that people thought I was much better. And then they would call me underrated. I'm like, no, I'm not <laughs> underrated. I'm like, I am the, at the time I had a, a good following. I was the 12th ranked 83. Yeah. Like, and my competition acknowledges me as the 12th ranked 83. That's, yeah. that's, I'm perfectly rated. I think people are overrating me right now because they think I'm like, I'm not top five. And then even when I was like, like getting into the rankings, people are like, man, you're so underrated. I'm like, how? Yeah. Like, you're one of the top 83. So I'm like, I, I know I'm the, like, but I'm perfectly rated in that sense. People rate me as, one of the top 83s who isn't as good as Russ or Noriega and yeah. now Delaney. Like, people rate me fairly when it comes to that. So I'm like, don't fucking start overrating me now because I'm I, not putting that on myself. I'm like, don't put that on me that I'm going to get overrated. I could, see, I could definitely see that with, like, lifters who, especially, I guess, back then for you, because now, like, everything's hitting on all cylinders for you. Like, mm-hmm. bench still for you, like, has to come up, but, like, it's on its way. And then that's going to put you, like, right there where you're, like, you know, top three, like, top one, top two. like. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you first came out back then, I feel like people still have this thing where they put a lot of hype behind the one lift. Yeah. And that I mean, that's, just, that's the territory of being a deadlift specialist. It's, it's that, that one lift, and it's like now, like, you have where you're falling into that overrated category because they ignore everything else. They ignore mm-hmm. the total. They ignore you as an actual powerlifter. And people will be like, look at this person's squat. Like, oh, my God, like, the squat, this and that. Oh, you're so underrated. But, like, no, because they total this, so they're, like, they're still far away from breaking and cracking into, like, the top eight yeah. or the top ten. Like, like, yes, they have a massive bench, but you got to look at the squat mm. and the deadlift. Like, you got to look at it all before you call someone underrated. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then also, like, the uh, the, the predictions of what they're going to hit, too. And, like, <laughs> in the, 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 the pe- people have, have slated me as a 400-pound bencher for a long time. And they're just like, oh, you're gonna you're gonna bench 400 like you're next meet. I'm like, no, I'm fucking not. Like, I'm like, it's not e- that. It's not that easy, guys. Or it's like, well, okay, so if you was like, okay, so your next meet, you get like, got like a 683 squat. I'm like, what? Like, what the fuck? I'm like, I don't like, may, like, I don't, I don't know if that's gonna happen, guys. Like, but then I think people see that with other lifters where yeah. they're like, this guy is going to progress his other two lifts definitely. He's definitely gonna do it yeah like he's gonna progress but not at the super rate that you're saying they start just putting 30 and 40 pounds on all your lifts just right away yeah after each meet you're going up 20 30 pounds yeah i mean i mean the progress that i mean uh like the like the funny thing is what really should be a dream scenario between me and my coach right now is like it's it's not quite there because we total we put 35 kilos my total here and that's great progress from already good total but it's like Everyone's like, well, like 1,800. I'm like, no, the goal this year was 800, and we hit it early. Like 1,800 is a huge milestone, which it's going to take maybe a whole other year to get there. Like it's – it's. 
I mean, uh, I don't know. Like, it's, I'll, I'll be in. I'll be in. The, but then, uh, then we're, because we're still looking at the year time, because twenty twenty, it was seven seventy seven. Okay, and then it, we're we're talking about fifty ki- or forty kilos of my total, fifty kilos of my total in a year. I'm not gonna lie. I'm one of those That's people really that was in the camp because I kept seeing your squats, mm-hmm. and I'm in that camp of like. Yo, like his squats are easy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, you're, and then like when you squatted like 650, I was like, shit. <laughs> I was like, this man. And then even the squats you did, would, would you squat at a uh, now 65? 655? Is that what you squat at now? Yeah, 297. Yeah. So even that was easy looking at it. I'm mm-hmm. like, all right. Like if Angelo really wants to just push himself and like, let's say they actually like, you know, pushed a squat and like t- put, took a little bit off of his deadlift. It's like six seventy. It's just like there, yeah. Like, on, like on the day, yeah. Yeah, it's a weird. It's a weird thing, and also that kind of goes into being the the, the deadlift guy because like you kind of want to save for the tank for the yep. deadlift because you know like that is a more important lift. Like even if you do take a little bit off your squat, you can possibly save yourself five kilos or pull yourself something easier to win. Yeah, like like that. I mean, that's really what happened at nationals. Is like we we actually got the, the conservative number. Yeah, and I mean that's going to be hard going into um in the Virginia Pro. I mean, I got to compete against you. Yeah, exactly. so yeah, and I, I'm I'm actually th- as we were talking, I was thinking more of the Virginia Pro. Like, has Marcellus talked to you guys about like the strategy or like anything that he's thinking of, or just like has it just been like this is going to be fucking insane? Because one, Marcellus is like carrying the load is like the. F- Definitive like coach that's gonna get the most people into the top five. Right. Like I, I only, I think his lifters can go like five for nine, and still have like the top because there's one so many of them. Yeah. But two, their subtotals are fucking great, and they're like their bad days are great. Has there been like any conversation with the competition aspect of, like on how it's gonna be like? Uh, uh, we talked a little bit. We talked a little bit on it. I have my call with him um, on Wednesday or Thursday mm-hmm. coming up this week, and we'll go over like the game plan for the meet. And then we're probably going to, like, you know, see what the structure is going to be. But it's also interesting is that we're all going to have, like, this Airbnb together. Mm-hmm. And we're all staying with each other at the craft house. And yeah. that's going to be, like, really wild to, like, see all of us leave, knowing that we're all about to face off against each other, and then get there to the to the actual meet. And I'm like, all right, so how are we going to do this final pool-type game plan situation? Yeah. And <laughs> who's going to win and out-edge each other? And who's going to be the handler that's going to out-edge you- are you guys going to come in one car? You guys should come in one car. <laughs> one car. Oh, yeah, just one. Yeah, just roll up to the meet like in one vehicle and just all get out and like because honestly, team, we may just do yeah. That. Team craftsmanship. Not only like the lifters are great, but also you guys are built like fucking professional <laughs> athletes. So like you get Ash walking out the car first. You have like this group of like the, I mean. We're talking about prof- I mean, all we're all them, professional. All of them are professional. We're all right? professional oh, wait, all, athletes. All, all the guys there are, are and, professional athletes. And Marcellus is a professional coach. Yeah, he's, and so they're, they're all professional athletes, and they yeah. looked apart. The like, if people see that, yeah. if people like actually kind of see that, like, holy hey, shit, we like, might have to do that. Yeah, do it. Hey, get a part, get a bus or like a limo. Oh, oh, uh, oh yeah, all no, big SUV. you got to get a got to get a Hummer limo. Yeah, oh Hummer limo, and oh. all of you guys have to come in suits. <laughs> all all of you have to be so, in suits. So speaking of that, it was funny. Um, within my training, I had a I've been bringing like a briefcase. Yeah, I saw that. I love, that's like a football guy move. Like, and it's like such a football guy, like coach, like like a coach would be like, all right, guys, like bring your suitcases and bring your lunch pails to work because we're going to work today. Going to work. That's right. It is. It is all business, and not only that. Like, 
I, you know, I do this thing about making deposits and stuff like that, like uh-huh. within your training. So that's like, you know, a trend of mine. It's like, you know, do what's right for the RPE. Don't overextend. Keep, you know, investing into yourself, investing into your own stock market. So that way, whenever you are ready to withdraw all that stuff come meet day, you have a good ample amount of, like, money to actually have. Mm-hmm. This time, it's like, no, like, this is my briefcase and I'm bringing this because on the day of the meet, I'm legit taking some money with me. <laughs> and so that's just the kind of like trend that I've been having. So speaking of that, I had already, it's funny cause I got the briefcase and I was doing that before Russ brought up the idea of like the, the suit and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I saw that he did that. I was like, God damn it. I was like, cause I wanted on the day of the meet um, to, you know, have like the suitcase and suit and all that stuff, whatever. So, I'm not wearing suit. That's you, changed. But you know, no, no. I'm, I'm <laughs> telling you guys right now. I'm making a, a demand. If you guys don't all wear suits, no, coming so, out of the car, you have to. You have to do. We're it. not doing suits. But have you seen like, uh, like if you watch like the, the NFL and yeah. stuff like that? Have you seen how they just have fits? Like they just have nice ass. I prefer fits? the suits. I, well, no. All right, the NFL different because they yeah. dress. The NBA, yeah. they need to be super kicked for some of the fucking. Dress choices. They they're not good fits. <laughs> no. They look terrible. Russell Westbrook is the worst dressed human being I've ever seen in my life, and I'm not saying that. Ex- I mean, I know Gage carry on, and Russell Westbrook is the worst dressed human being I've ever seen in my life. He surpasses it's, Gage. It's really bad. It's terrible. And then there was a point where like the Heat had their big three, mm. and LeBron and D Wade dressed like D Wade as well as hipsters. It's questionable. They had the 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 the, the, the no like. They had glasses on, but nothing was like the oh, fucking yeah, lens like the glasses. No lens, yeah, yeah. With just the frame. So I get to fit. But if you guys are dressed in nice, actual nice, if you if if you're dressed in actual nice things, I will obviously love it. But please don't like. I'm like I don't want to see what the fashion trends are now. That's why I'm like the suits actually worked. I will like say in this, the NFL, I, like in the NFL and NBA when they all wore suits, I'm like that worked because you can't like you you'll see nice nice fits. We're not yeah. gonna. I mean, one <laughs> we can't even fit into those type of weird clothes. Good, good point. Anyways, good point. So <laughs> so you don't have to worry about weird clothes. Just know that it'll just be like when we step on the scene and arrive, we'll be like, damn, who the fuck? Like, yeah. where's the game? Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's 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 uh that, that's kind of what I want to see out of that, and that'll be really that'll be actually a really entertaining aspect of it is like. <laughs> Because again, we're making that push for like yeah. the, the the pros, like, and this is, I mean, this is our first pro meet, so let's treat it like a pro meet, and um, and really have it showed out for that. Now I'm just thinking about like bad like wardrobe choices. Didn't LeBron like wear a suit with shorts? Yeah, like, and it's like suit shorts as yeah. well. Like, <sighs> They're bad. See, that's what I'm worried about. Is no, like, we're, you're not. Yeah, you're not going to see any of that. Uh, you're. It'll be nice. Like I'm not going to say what I'm aware of, but just know yeah. that it'll be. It'll all right, nice. I'll look out for. We will have. Ooh, all right. We'll, we will have actually two white lights. We're gonna have like the videos, kind of like or like the pictures, like players arriving to the uh, to the pro to the pro uh, the Virginia need. pro, and then like you see, like we need the <laughs> visuals of going into weigh-ins. Like we need that visual of like, hey, here's them walking through, getting out but of the Ash, Hummer, Hummer So, but Ash needs to wear. Um, Tight pants, boots, and there's a lumberjack shirt. Like that's what, I, or like, because uh, he always strikes me. So as his a guy. normal everyday. Yeah. Outfit. So, but his, his, his yeah, his attire <laughs> always strikes me as like a like big big tucked in shirts, yep. button up shirt, but like kind of like the the fucking like overly strong like nerd, like with the glasses on. Like it's like okay, that guy's like he looks incredibly intelligent, yeah. but also like 
insanely big. Yeah, he's extremely intelligent and could also kill you with yeah. just one hand. Yeah, just by looking at just you by, or something. Yeah. yeah, I'm. I'm. Yeah, that that'll be a good uh, wardrobe choice for him. But still, with that meat, um, so I mean, how do you? How do you? It's going to be hard to tell you or ask you how it plays out, but. How do you think it's going to play out? Because we do on two white lights. We're going to get into our predictions. I mean, um, I'm not putting you on the spot because I have to do the same fucking thing. Oh, no, no. You're, so, you're good. So, so don't get I'm, mad at me for that. <laughs> I don't want to be put on the spot. I, yeah. like, I like predictions. Because people, yeah, people don't like when I ask them. Like, I'm like, I literally have to make predictions of my own weight class that I'm competing in at nationals, and it sucks ass. They're, uh, they're just predictions. I was like, I mean, I talk about this all the time, like, mm-hmm. as far as, like, you know, predictions that I have. I think that Ashen wins regardless. Yeah. Um, that, that's an easy one. Uh, I think second throughout is what's going to be. Oh, it's going to be a fight. It's going to be tough. Um, and I don't know. Remind me, are there any like high good points girls that are still in it? There, I mean, they're all high. They're all so they're there's some national champions there. There's some like contending national champions too with Natalie Richards. Uh-huh. Uh, Christina Paraki is a former national champion herself. Right. Um, Sam Calhoun is, I mean, she won best overall female. So Sam lifter. is still doing it. Cool. Yes. Cool. I wasn't so sure actually, if she let me was check the roster because I know a lot of people dropped out. So that's what I'm saying. Like, I wasn't Hashtag sure. Hashtag bad journalism. Sorry, Joe Sullivan and Brianna Terry who are listening, even though you guys don't give a fuck about, <laughs> uh, you guys don't give a fuck about meats that matter. Um, let's see. Because uh, that's the only thing that I was seeing is like, I saw a lot of people like dropped out. So I wasn't sure who's still doing it. So, doing so it. A, a definite hit as far as females go. There's more men competing just in general. But you have Daniela Mello. Um, I oh. mean, that's going to be one of the more interesting things is her return oh. to the platform. That and changes things up. Yeah, because she's, I think, her best ever is 116 good lift points. Yeah. Did she replicate that? I don't know with that big of layoff from the platform, but 116 good lift points will put you in the top five, yeah, I think, sure. at this meet. Um, yeah, definitely. Sam Calhoun is, I think, up at like 112 good lift points, so definitely a top five lifter. Um, Natalie Richards, I think, where we're, if we're talking about like who's going to be the breakout performer of the male side with you and Bob, mm-hmm. Natalie Richards, this might be her same meet as you. We're like, this is the meet where yeah, he goes. It was crazy. This is her. Like Natalie Richards is the future of the sport and actually – could be the current, too, because I actually have her as a big contender winning whatever weight class she competes at. Um, Christina Paraki, injury, um, coming off of an injury, compete at Nationals with, like, the injury, like, yeah. still there. Um, I mean, it was just a surgery, too. So, um, like that, yeah. But former national champion herself, um, Jen Thompson, again, I think she's slowing down in her career, but, I mean, like, Argument for female best of all time yeah. with the amount no, of nationals no of world teams. No question. And then uh, Ariel uh, uh, Patra, oh, yeah. uh, Flapjacked. Hey. Yeah, yeah, so as another Carolina primetime lifter. Um, like, Shout got out her, Ariel. Yeah, and got on to, through the pro qualifier, too. So yeah. that's a big list of women competing. And I think of those getting in the top five, I think... I can just rank them if I. Well, I, I don't know. I don't want to give too much because I have to do a fucking whole mine is two hour like, preview I, with Steve. So I, I've done a horrible job. I mean, I just failed to really pay attention to like the good lift points of the female side because I know I feel like the like when I was looking at the comparison between like male and female when it comes to good lift points, like the women have to do so like have to have these freakish freakish numbers when it comes to like good lift points that even like these like champions and stuff like that. I feel like they're in like the one twelve like one thirteen. Good lift points, and I feel like one through five, it's like one, like number five will be like a one fifteen, 
Yeah, I, I mean, I it's very, like. it's very possible. I mean, but if you look at the males too, I actually, I keep on forgetting like the roster. Yeah, because it's ridiculous. It's just so fucking ridiculous because. I, I keep on forgetting Ray Williams is doing this meet. I'm, oh, I'm going to be competing with Ray fucking Williams. That's right. I forget for you. That's I'm going to be competing with Ray Williams. He doesn't post. So I forget. Dude, I'm going to be, we're, we're going to be competing with Ray Williams. Like I will be sharing a warm up room with Ray Williams. I did not. Th- I mean, no, I, I could be fucking Taylor Atwood good and that wouldn't happen. Like, like that. The only way that's going to happen is Sheffield. So yeah. like that one is crazy. And then if you go, like, I forgot, Charles Sapoko's doing the meet. Yeah. That's no. going to be fun to see him at 74. Yeah, Tra- um, Charles is ready, too. He, he's just coming off, like, the strain that he had. But yeah. he's healing up. And I was training with him whenever he was down there for the TSS showdown. Um, we trained at TBS, and he's good. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you go down a list. Uh, yeah, you got, you know, Jamar up there, too, which Jamar. I think we're going to go deep on him. Michael. Um, uh, yeah, Michael C. Uh you have David Wilson, who I think people also forget is doing the meet. He's a former national champion himself, and he's really coming on the 100, 105 kilos, too. Yeah. Um, actually, and he, too, like he's 105 kilo, but 100 kilo weight class. Might be really good for David. Might be. So, like, it might be. Depends on how big he is right now, but it might be. Yeah, but, I mean, like, the, he came up from 93, moved mm-hmm. to weight class up after winning nationals um, and or being a national champion. And then going up to 105 and having to like grow into the weight class. Now it's like well, I'm growing 105, 100. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I I will have to act. Um, we'll have to ask his like opinion on uh yeah, on how on how he feels like as far as his maybe competing at 100 kilos. Marcus, yeah, muscle man Marcus, which I think he might be pretty good suited for a 90 kilo weight class. Yeah, I, I I was talking to Marcus the uh, the other day and I was trying to see like where where he was going because I had him at 90. But he was saying, like, man, like, I don't feel like cutting it. I was like, dang, like, how heavy did you get? <laughs> and uh, he said that, I mean, like, at the at the highest point of his bulk, like, he was, you know, in, like, the, uh, you know, mid-200 range or whatever, like, two, like 214, 215 or whatever. Um, and I was like, yeah. I was like, just be a decision on whether he wants to, like, stay eating and he goes 100 kg. I was like, or if he wants to, like, just clean up the eating and just de-bloat a little bit and go 90. But either way, he, like – he could choose whatever he wants, and he will be good regardless of what yeah. weight class he goes to. Yeah, like uh, he, he'll be a monster regardless. And yeah. if he went ninety, like that's potential to be him well, and Jamar, like potentially doing dude, that I, shit. I, out. I really can't wait for this. Like, just a, just like to see where the cards fall for a lot of these lifters because ninety kilos will might like if you get the eighty threes moving up and then the ninety threes moving down, yeah. and meaning in the middle. That is going to turn into the most stacked weight class, like by far, because you have matchups that you didn't think you were going to have in the USAPL and IPF, and now you have it. So I'm I'm very curious to see what happens. Again, I'm going to have to save that with my show with Steve, like yeah. on what could possibly happen. Looking at the roster, though, you got Justin Rogers too, um, top ten, ninety three, um, like like. Uh, uh, Austin Perkins, who I think is, I think when this meet was people, a lot of people had him second. Yeah, I think is seventy four, okay. potentially over over eight hundred kilo uh, total yep. coming from him. Totaled eight hundred once since then's kind of like dropped a little bit. We'll get to more of him on preview, but also just looking at this roster, this might be like the best looking meet. Like look at like yeah. severely for or strictly from a vanity point. 
We have like some of the most put together powerlifters. Muscleman Marcus, Michael C, Ashton Ruska, in my opinion, the top three, just most jacked, aesthetically pleasing, like bodybuilder looking type powerlifting. Yep. Powerlifters with Russ not included. Yeah. Like those are like the top. Actually, I, I, I'll put Marcus number one. Yeah. I'll put C number two and Ashton number three, then Russ. Like as far as just aesthetically pleasing powerlifters yeah. as being jacked. Like this meet is gonna be just fun and that's oh Charles Apoco too. What the fuck? Yeah, I was gonna say I was gonna say I was gonna be Charles, like Charles, like, Charles is my number one. Charles is like Charles is jacked in yeah. like in every aspect and it's ridiculous. Like <laughs> Okay, I'm 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 gonna be a dick here for a second though. I don't know some of these guys. Who at all. Um Tracy Gilliard. Gilliard. Oh. I don't know who that is. I don't know either. Christopher Roberts. Christian Cornegay. Are they from the qualifiers? I don't know. I never, I, and I always thought I had a pretty good understanding yeah. of the lifters. Same. And I feel, and I hate like. Yeah, and they're going to listen to podcasts like, fuck you, Angela, and they beat me. And I'm you like, Christopher Roberts? Yeah. I might, I might go on uh, open powerlifting right now and try to see like. We're not. We're not going to do this disservice. We're yeah. Figure you, figure Sorry. We're going to. Well, we, I'm, this is a head start for me because I definitely have to do it for the. Uh, All right, so Christopher Roberts, he uh, Instagram, i.love.smores. Oh, all right. Well, he wins on Instagram handle alone. Yeah. I mean, that's nice. Went nine for nine at uh, the, oh, at one of these Virginia meets. And I okay. Think he did do it at the qualifier. So that's okay. how he got in. All right. All right. So maybe that's what we're seeing here because yeah. I didn't. I'm like I don't know who these who these other guys are. I know all the females and I know most of the males, but uh, well, I mean, what's his numbers? Uh, so it looks like here six thirty eight, three fifty seven, and then six twenty seven. And I'm trying to see what. what okay, seven thirty seven total at ninety three, which is actually pretty solid. He's just under five hundred dots. Yeah, uh, which is actually uh, uh, pretty damn good. Uh, let's let's yeah, see, Tracy Gilliard. Like I'm just looking. I think yeah, that might be just all the pro uh, qualifier guys. Yeah, if we don't recognize the name, it's more than likely. Yeah, that's it. Because I know Lorenzo. That's um. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's a he's a solid lifter. Tracy Gilliard. Actually, you know what? I'm, just, I'm gonna do this. Congrats to them for making it through the qualifiers and getting in. Yeah. Like. Oh yeah, that's like shit. also has to be like a, a a bit of a difficult thing too. Um, kind of fucking looking at the thing, too. Oh yeah, these are these are all people from the um, the uh, the qualifiers. Bet, bet, bet. Um, actually, no. Well, actually, looking at it too. Um, yeah, I actually am not giving them their their. Um, I think uh, the, the credit they deserve here on some of them because, I mean, they're over a hundred good lift points, but um, a lot of them passed Charles as far as good lift points go. Yeah. So Tracy and. Uh, Christopher actually had him pass on that. Uh, I thought Danny was doing the meet too, but I guess he's not. And fucking, I love how Ashton is number. Like I just looked at that thing. Like the fuck are you? Why are you in that? Yeah, meet, why are asshole? you here? Why are you? Like, get out. You know that's the. You don't have to do all the meets. That's Ashton, one thing. Have one thing that I'm thankful for with the new pro series and everything coming out. It 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 prevents an Ashton from going to these local meets yeah. and having to take things away from people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, also, like, you get, like, because, I mean, we're just going through those lifters, and I think we were forgetting, like, how good 500 Dots is. Yeah. And you are, I think, a professional level 
or I mean, you're you're still on the periphery, if you will. Yeah. But I think you're still up there as far as being a national lifter. No, you're a solid lifter. Like you're strong. Yeah. Like you are strong, and I think that it's, it like we we forget what strong is. Like yeah. some people will post like a six hundred something squat and like a four hundred bench, and then like a six hundred something deadlift, and they'll feel like they're weak. It's like no, no, yeah. no, 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 no. Stop. <laughs> Stop looking at like so the social media highlights of these elite lifters that are just the same ones being cycled through. Like you're strong. Mm-hmm. Like keep growing, keep getting stronger, so you could be like top eight, top ten. But regardless, like being top fifty, being top forty five, you're strong. Yeah. Oh no, absolutely. I I do think like we had this weird turn in powerlifting where, I mean, it's it, it's actually a good thing because people are stronger than they used to be. Like, yeah, for sure. I do recall there was a time that if you were if you were deadlifting eighty three, at eighty three seven hundred, you were just a fucking god. Yeah. Like you were like holy shit! Like you're one of the top two people in the world who can deadlift. I just fucking saw a team lifter just pulled seven sixteen eighty three, nineteen years old. Yeah. Just pulled seven sixteen, yesterday. Okay. But it fucking it's ridiculous. Like that was that was a seven sixteen to put it in perspective. Twenty nineteen, you would have had the highest pull at nationals. Yeah, with me and Russ competing. Like I had, I think Crazy. the second, I think me and him are tied at the highest pull at seven eleven. And now, like we have teen lifters doing that, and we have junior lifters well above seven sixteen. Uh, fucking local me, David Chan pulled. Yeah, was that seven? I think he did seven thirty eight. He did seven thirty eight. Something like that. Something close, like something ridiculous. It, I think it was three twenty seven. But even look at now, look at ninety three. It's like eight hundred is like it's it's kind of getting there to where like it's. I mean, there's four or five people who could do it. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, I like, think it used I, to be if you deadlifted eight hundred, you like that's when David Wilson was the first one to deadlift eight hundred. It was crazy, mm-hmm. and everyone was like. What, like what just happened? Yeah, like this isn't supposed to be here. Yeah, no, yeah, it's falling. Well, that that record's kind of falling too. Like like every other week, because Ashton had it for about a year. Yeah, and then um, you know Chance broke it. Like, David uh, Kai had, had the Kai had the unofficial Chance. By the way, if you're listening, unofficial, <laughs> unofficial. it was unofficial. <laughs> I apologize. I didn't even recall me saying it was an American record last podcast. I apologize. It's unofficial. Um, but yeah, but it's still at 800, like it's still at 800 plus pop pull yeah. and it's happening regularly now in the 93s. And I mean, actually a guy, Marcus, cause I don't Marcus, actually, I, I'm assuming this. I'm not going to say, I know I'm assuming this. I think he was like a bit disappointed in his performance at nationals. And it was his first 93 kilo meet. And I actually thought he did. I'm like, that was a fucking good meet. But I think cause he's, uh, he's a high level competitor. He's a very yeah. competitive guy. And he, he's, He's he's just fucking balls to the wall, intense. Yeah, like just talking to a man on the podcast. He's just a fucking guy who expects a lot of himself. But like, I think when I was looking, like, holy fuck, he's having a good fucking meet. Like his squat looks great. Like his numbers increase so much. I think he has so much room to grow. But I think it's because the competition is just so stacked now in the USAPL that he thinks. That he's like falling behind, where I think he's actually. I don't, I don't think it's that. I mean, just like talk, talking to Marcus and stuff like that. It's just more like sometimes, like the chip that we have on our shoulder huh. is we have our own expectations and we have our own status that we, you know, see for ourselves. And I think that's just like him. Like he, he has, like he lives with this chip on his shoulder. And if he doesn't like compete to the standards of him of mm-hmm. that chip on his shoulder then it's a bad meet then it's yeah. a bad day which yeah. that's just what happens when you're just so competitive and like like you he's, like he's so passionate within the sport yeah. that that's just what happens yeah I, I do recall like him even at 83 he was he was got with the chip on his shoulder and he always wanted to compete but it's 
Yeah, it's, cra- it's crazy when we see that now, yeah. and that's actually good for um, just, I think, the general competition aspect yeah. of powerlifting is, like, more and more people are getting competitive, and more and more people expect more on themselves because of what they see. And, yeah, I mean, it's, it's almost like a cliche at this point, which I hate saying, like, like the the, the, the speed this sport is moving, we're like, we're always going to keep on saying that, and I think that's yeah. going to continue, because when I started powerlifting in 2016, 500 Wilkes, I mean, now it's stats, but at the time it was Wilkes, across, I think, all the feds was, like, yeah, you're like you're like you're the strongest guy in your gym by far, and you get recognized by people for having 500 Wilks. Now it's like 550 is that number. Yeah, we're like if you get to that point, like all right, that's that like you're gonna get fucking massive respect from your competitors and other people. Um, like that's that's kind of like the, the trend of the sports. I remember like I don't know if it was 27. I think in 2017, in general people totaling over 800 kilos yeah. was like, oh yeah, like you're elite, like you're, you're, like you're crazy. When Gibbs like, broke 800, it was like, whoa, like that was, it was like almost like how t- uh, Atwood yeah. totaled 800 um, at that meet. Like yeah. it but, was, it was perceived as that. And then now we have, I think eight guys in the 83s that are over 800. Yeah. And, and then, it's like, that's the top 10 now. Yeah. And I mean, and now look at, I mean, e- even what 2k, like a 2k total. Yeah. Like, that is very achievable for a good amount of people who may be entering this 100 kg weight class. Yeah. Like, that is 2K total. It's like, oh, like shit. Like, you total 2K? But now it's like, yeah, that's the competitive number. That's the competitive yeah. total. It's 2K. Yeah. And that's crazy to see. Yeah. I think we have to also, like, kind of take advantage of it, too. Like, yeah. you take advantage of the way the sport's growing and moving, and um, it's going to it, it's gonna make the sport better in the long run. Um, for sure. I got to ask you this question though, cause we're approaching an hour here Oh yeah. for now describe your progress as a coach, because I was not aware that you coach until I met you in person. Yeah. And then, you know, you said, yeah, yeah I, I, I coach, but now I'm looking at you and watching what you're doing. You're good at it. <laughs> and you actually have like a, you have a, a pretty good group of people under you. So like a work. Is it gonna do? Do you, do you foresee yourself turning into more of a coach, um, and really taking that seriously? Not saying that because it's definitely doable to do both. Yeah. I mean, I think Sean Norrie is a really good example of that. Right. But do you, I mean, actually, that that's actually a better uh, phrase question. Do you f- see yourself more as a Sean Noriega type in the future? I see myself as being the the best coach that I can be to my lifters that I have yeah, and also being the best lifter that I could possibly be. Mm-hmm. That's like period. I, as far as like plans to like go along the Noi route of like creating this brand and creating all these things around it and having a team of coaches that doesn't really like, that doesn't really appeal to me mm-hmm. like that. Um, I have my lifters that I have and people who just want to work that just like work hard. And I want to like dive into them because I communicate with them like on a daily basis and they give me their feedback. I hear a bunch of like stuff that goes on in their personal life and different like that to really mold and cultivate like their training and their programming to make sure that they're successful. And then I put that same energy into myself. So I don't really want it to grow to a point to where I know that it'll start taking away from either one. I like where I'm at. Like I'm comfortable. I feel like the most that I would coach is like 40 to 45 lifters. Mm-hmm. I'm at like 32, 33 right now. Okay. Um, and I could give myself in my all uh, to the 40 to 45 lifters and still give myself everything that I have. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going through a time to where I was trying to juggle coaching. I was trying to juggle being a, a manager at a gym. And I was trying to juggle like being an elite lifter. 
and that doesn't really go all well together. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I was like, all right, so just a manager job. Just really focus on the coaching because I did the manager job more as a favor versus like needing the money. Yeah. Um, and now I'm at a lot better space where I'm not burnt out. And I'm like, okay, I felt burnt out. I felt that. Yeah. So I know how to not get to that again. Yeah. And I won't like put that on myself. So I think 40, 45 lifters, I can give myself uh, to them, see them, you know, do good things like, you know, produce more national level lifters. Cause I have quite a few that will be at nationals this year yeah. um, in Vegas and see how that goes as far as like handling them and doing my own thing and just setting that up and then, you know, just take it from there. I love it. Yeah, Uh, for sure. uh, More background on how like I progressed, like starting off at coaching, I, you know, I wasn't really like charging much at all as far as like with it. And I took people that I could have on and then I just learned more um, throughout as I went I had my background in personal training. I was a fitness manager for about like three years. And then before that, I was just a regular personal trainer. And I really tried to like learn more about like strength training and leverages within biomechanics. And that's kind of like what I leaned on was more like the leverages and biomechanics within it. But then I learned how to truly program better and how to make it more efficient and then taking in like fatigue management and load management. And then having a coach like Marcellus, really helps because I asked him for, like, book recommendations. I, I talked to him about, like, especially, like, when I was doing that transition period of getting better as a coach, like, I leaned on him a lot um, to really help cultivate, like, my programming coaching. And the biggest thing is once you know all – once you have all the knowledge, what I really see separates a lot of coaches is how much do you care? Because if you care a lot, that mm-hmm. means you get a lot more information out of your client. And the more information you get out of your client – you could really mold a program that fits them. Yeah. Not necessarily what just looks good on paper, yeah. but what fits them to make them stronger and to see them be consistently successful um, and get past a lot of things that otherwise would stable them for like three or four months. Yeah. Yeah, man. I, I, I could see your journey in the sport bringing you to that. Like also you surround yourself with the right people. That's yeah. like, and also experiencing just a lot of different things in your powerlifting career, like getting new coaches, yeah. seeing other coaches, and then like converse. I mean, also just being in Houston too. Like that's one thing. Like you do, you. I mean, you just meet a variety of lifters. That's true, and you meet a variety of high level lifters too. Um, and really, everyone's moving here, by the way. Yeah, just, Steve. Yeah, Steve's got to move here so we can actually do these, so we can have <laughs> him at Project Strength with Kyle yep. and uh, me, and then we can actually have like a three person podcast just yeah. all the time. So Steve, do yeah, it. Steve, do t- it. T- I know you life. have a very comfortable life in uh, Springfield, Missouri, and you <laughs> just bought a house, but like just still, I mean, if you're a powerlifter, uh, move to Houston. But yeah, people are, and I think that that actually does yield something. Like you do meet certain groups of people yep. that help you in the sport yep. um, and powerlifting. I, th- I think, I think it's like, and not even just high level lifters. I think like in them, like the good lifters, yeah. like people who are, who are qualifying for nationals and like trying to make strides to be top 10 or something. Right. I think just uh, conversing and being around them actually yields a pretty good seasoned coach. Uh, granted, if they have the maturity to handle all of that. Right. And then even the, uh, I mean, and then even some of the ones to where you see that maybe you don't want to be around them, but you still kind of see how they interact. Yeah. Even you've heard some of the conversations yeah, you can they learn, have. You can learn things like, about shitty people, too. I'm not. Yeah. Okay, let's avoid that. Yeah. <laughs> like, all right, cool, cool, cool. Like, I've seen how that turned out for that group of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're. I'm going to make sure I'm aware of that type of, like, you know, communication. I'm going to make sure I'm aware of those type of words that a client may start to use. I'm like, hey, 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 hey. Mm. Calm that down. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm um, learning. I, yeah, like, uh, like everything could be a teachable moment. 
Yeah. That's like something like that's taught to me as a teacher. It's like everything's teachable, even when you fuck up. Like yeah. it's teachable when you fuck up. Like if you have a lesson that sucks, it's like yeah, like just you have that knowledge now, never to do that again. And yeah. you could not, you could just be a better person or a better, uh, better at your job in that mistake. So. Um, I'm excited to see what you do more with it. And you get more just, like, fully involved in powerlifting. I think, uh, again, like, the, the 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 growth of the sport is is happening at a fast rate. And it could be because I'm in Houston now and I just see it more. But, like, it just continues to grow rapidly. Yeah. It's, it's not even a yearly thing anymore. It's monthly. No, like, there's a development monthly that's happening where people are fully immersed into the sport. This is a – yeah, this is a – definitely the transition of us going from this niche sport um to it being really broadcast and really open to everyone yeah. and everyone like now you go into a gym and you like you powerlift yeah. it's not this weird thing it's not like no one knows what the fuck you're doing mm. um people know what you're doing when you come in with your sbd belt like because you're gonna have like four or five or sometimes even 12 or 15 other powerlifters in there with you. If you go to a commercial gym, powerlifting gym, or whatever, where three years ago, you go into a commercial gym, you looked at a weirdo for having chalk. Yeah. You know? Yeah, now, commercial much. gyms, they some of them do promote chalk, like, now. Yeah. Like, it, it, we're changing the whole fitness scene in general, and it's yeah. great. Well, I also do think it helps, like, one, in uh, particularly a city, like, it's easier to get involved in sport when they see certain people. Yeah. So it's like, of course you want to look like Russ. Of course you want to be like Russ. Like that's an easy one. But I think actually this might be the uh, USAPL elitism and me talking, but like the USAPL looking lifter. Yeah. Like that's what's I think going to promote more people in general fitness to get involved in it because it's a little bit more inviting and it's a little more realistic too. I will say this too, though. I, I think, and this may be the USAPL elitist in me, but I think that we helped mold the untested side to be to look better because mm-hmm. I think because well, they I mean they look good too now it's achievable it's not these fat you know people that just lift a whole bunch of weight yeah. and like no one really wants to like that's not appealing yeah, it used to not be appealing yeah but, I think actually raw lifting got it there I think USAPL yeah raw I mean USAPL yeah, was a promotion of raw lifting but like the multiply like no one I uh, like. It's not even a look thing. I think just people, because that, that's what I describe to people. I'm like, that's what, when I was in high school. Yeah. That's what powerlifting was. Yeah. And, say like, and that's what I saw. And then, like, I assumed that's what powerlifting was, but I was right in assuming that. Like, that was, because it's like, why did I, the people ask why I didn't get into it earlier. I got into it when I was 23. Yeah. So then, that, like, they asked me, why didn't you powerlift in high school? I'm like, powerlifting was a thing that we saw on YouTube. Yeah. Or we saw like little videos of it, and it was always multiply shit, and it was like West Side shit, and none of us understood it and wanted to get involved in it because it was like so out of our world. Yeah, so. like a uh, yeah, raw lifting is the reason why uh, I'm probably gonna, I hope I don't say that right. Tamara, like you know, plus size fit queen 4.0 yeah. that she she's on Ellen. Yeah, like yeah, and it's how raw, I was through a raw meet on Ellen. Yeah, because of what she did at the showdown. Yeah, raw. Yeah, like I take that same type of meat and make it equipped, and I, I just don't, I don't see it getting on Ellen. Yeah, I think there is definitely a now that there is a raw elitism because I think it's actually, the, <laughs> I think it's the elite class of powerlifting in my opinion. Single ply, I could, I could fuck with, I could fuck with single ply, but the multi ply, I think it's going to further yeah. regress into the sport because it didn't 
open up people to get involved in powerlifting. Like an example, like that would have been the tailor made sport for me in high school. Yeah, because I was a good weightlifter. Um, like I wasn't as good of an athlete as I or uh, good f- uh, football player, baseball player as I was a weightlifter. I was better at that, and like, and I was good at squat bench and deadlift. Like that's what I was good at, but I didn't think there was a sport for it. And then the sport I did, so I'm like, "Fuck that!" I'm like, "What?" I'm like, "What are they even doing?" Like they have all the the knee wraps on and the the suits, you know. And it was confusing to me because I didn't know it was suits. I just thought that's how they lifted. You know, it's funny. I did it in high school. Yeah. I, oh no, I, yeah. Like we, Texas, Texas promotes it. <laughs> yeah. Like, like Illinois, they're like, "Fuck." If you play football, you're either doing powerlifting or track in the off season. Yeah, yeah. Like you have to pick or choose one. Yeah. Like so, they did. I had they had a, a power like a powerlifting-esque program for my high school, but we all saw what powerlifting was. It just wasn't for us. Like, we wanted to... We really were raw lifters waiting to be raw lifters. Yeah. All of us. We had guys squatting in the 500s in high school in 2011 who were about 195 pounds. Yeah. Like, they were 17 years old squatting uh, 500 pounds. I think I was deadlifting 500 pounds in high school, and it's just like... Yep. We just assumed powerlifting was like you had to, and, you, and we didn't assume that though. That's the thing I had to get back. It's like stop saying that's what it was, and we see more people get involved in powerlifting now because it's raw. Yep. So I think there's something to be said about raw lifting and like getting more people onto the sport, and like that's where the future I think lies. Like I, I think even if it's on the same multiply was on ESPN, which it was at a time. Yeah, Westside. Uh, versus the world like showed that there was a production value in it yeah i feel like things- no one that did not get more pe- crossfit has got more people into powerlifting than multiply powerlifting got people into powerlifting yeah no i mean i mean single ply has it to where you have people like ian bell that do keep keep it interesting you have you yeah. know austin who will keep it interesting yeah. um but when you have, when you start throwing on those more layers it just gets people just can't relate no like in the when people can't relate that's when people dip out yeah. Like easily. Like golf is amazing. Boring, but amazing because guess what? Everyone can go out there yeah. and get a golf club and everyone can golf. Yeah, I mean like that's uh I, I always say that like, with hockey. Like yeah. hockey is a sport that I think if you watch it live, everyone appreciates it. Yeah. It's fucking hard to play hockey. Yes. It's hard to get ice. <laughs> Like, how the fuck do you get ice? Like, it's hard to find ice and all this equipment. And then, like, you can't just go and play hockey. Yeah. Like, I can go outside right now and play basketball. I can just do it. I just get a basketball and just dribble it. You can't go outside and just play hockey. That's why we don't have a hockey team anymore in Houston. No, yeah. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Well, yeah. It might I mean, be. I don't know. I mean, but. no. I mean, I mean, it does not. It does not appeal to Texans. I know that for a fact. That's been the big thing. Like, I haven't even seen like a hockey game on a bar since I've been. And and in Illinois, we have it over there. But it does make sense. Like people go towards the thing they can't do, and it's easy to do. That's why soccer is the world's biggest sport. All you need is a ball. Yeah. So all you need is all a ball to play. It's the, and the same thing with football. All you need is a ball. Like throw it around. Yep. You you will understand how to play football without the equipment. Basketball, you don't even need the net. You just need something yeah. that's circular that the ball can go in. Yeah, sure. I mean, you could just even you could fuck around too and just play basketball. Same thing yeah. with power, like powerlifting. You can fuck around and still kind of powerlift. That's yeah. what I was inadvertently becoming a good powerlifter when I was in high school and when I graduated high school just because I lifted weights. I didn't know I was putting myself in a good position to be a successful powerlifter. Yeah. I was I accidentally, if you will, became a good powerlifter. Like I think like that's kind of how people get involved in the sport. That's how I got involved in the sport and I think like just that type of as or that type of uh division of powerlifting just won't help people. So, yeah. I it wouldn't be a two highlights episode if I didn't just fucking yeah. destroy 
I'm, I'm, multiply powerlifting. Multiply. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a fan. Never been a fan. Um, and never really appealed to me, so I'm okay with that. All right. Well, we're going to wrap up, but we actually forgot to do this because uh, we got off on a tangent. But top top five, Virginia Pro. Who do you got? <sighs> Man, that's tough. That's tough. Because I, I don't know if I can give mine because I want to save it for the preview. I, I don't know the... I don't know the good of points of the women, so it's like I know Danny's gonna be like top two, like that's how I oh, feel. Okay, I I, mean, I actually may disagree with you on that. I feel like Danny's gonna be top two. Only reason is there's no there's no reason for her to cut, and her training has been going well. And I just honestly didn't notice that that she was doing Virginia Pro. I don't know why, yeah. but her training has been going really well, and I think that she may be able to top that one sixteen good lift points that she had mm-hmm. and if she does that that'll put it i'm thinking like 117 and if you're in that 117 category you're you're fighting for like that top three placement yeah um because i feel like whoever's gonna win or whoever's gonna be top three you have to have like 117 to 118 that's how i yeah. feel yeah I, I would agree with you on that i think it'll be unrealistic to say that yeah. we can't like above 115 yeah. Or like all of us are gonna be at above one fifteen. And then, I, well, that's the thing. If I, I was thinking about this meet, if I get because it's again, it's a competitive meet. Yeah. So like, if I get like a one fourteen good lift points and I get like six, like I have to be really happy, <laughs> even though I lost technically. Like, but still, it's like one. I mean, even though we're about to not be good lift points very soon. I mean, right, right. after this meet, really, it's all we're done with good lift points. But like, right. I mean. We got 112 earlier this year, and it was fucking like crazy to us, like how we got it. So that we I might be in a situation where I get 114 or 115 and lose. Yeah. So like that's that's one thing you have to think about in this meet is just like making that progress and having all time total. But at the same time, you're competing against fucking yeah titans, and that's why it and that's why it's hard to do that prediction because it's just like. I don't know. It's just like, damn. It's like this will be the hardest one for us to predict it's, it's because the, it's all. It's not a weight. Weight class is easy. Yeah, that's why I, you see more accurate things. Well, best <laughs> overall lifter. I'm like, I don't even know what people are gonna fucking weigh. C could C could just fuck around and be like 76 kilos. Yeah, no reason not to. Like, right, like I didn't feel like cutting extra two kilos. I'm like, actually, that might help you. I don't. Yeah. That I might know. that might make you, that if you put in a certain total, you might beat me. I will say. I'll say this. The top. There's going to be three to four craft in the top five. Mm-hmm. I will be one of those in the top five. All right. And that's my prediction. That's a good prediction. <laughs> yeah. Now, figuring out who those crafts are, <laughs> the craftsmanship. Uh, that's going to be you and Steve's job. Yeah, that's good. We're going we're gonna to be figuring that out because that's, that, that is, I think, another one of those sub storylines is like, can team craftsmanship just sweep Sweet. the competition? I know that has to be. A goal going into it, and that's gonna be a really fun aspect of that. And also, it helps it helps the other competitive aspect of sport, which Two White Lights is gonna try to get more rewards for coaches who win something, <laughs> like a coach's trophy. Yeah, I know. Uh, I know uh, the Project Strength, Kyle Project Strength, has talked about that with us, like getting something for coaches. Yeah, like who can accumulate the most points because we have. I mean, it'll go well with uh, Marcellus's jacket that he has. Yeah, because um, we got him like a because he did like a whole gun. He did. Carolina primetime, went straight into nationals, and then went into Europa, all basically within a week traveling to different cities, yeah. and then excelled at all those meets. They were like, we all got you something. Yeah, that was man, I, I think that'll be, I mean, we had those football team comparisons that, like, people appreciated, and actually they got competitive with it just on this fucking fake, yeah. all like, <laughs> like this fake comparison that we made. 
uh, that we created. And it was severely based off of our opinion. But people got competitive about it. Like, why is why is Team Craftsmanship the Bucks? And then and like is that? And that was like when the Bucks were like like kind of struggling a bit, and then they end up winning the Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, but like, it's funny. Like it, it, that will add to the competitive aspect of it. But you know, we have other coaching crazy going too. Like. I know Joe wants to get two of his game day athletes into the top five, me and Perk. And like, of course, like I want, like I want my logo or the team that I belong to. You want top five. I want that. I want that to be seen. I want that to be like on the thing. Like we got the check and you got, you see the game day logo, like on the thing. Like you want, we're we're a game day athletes. You want y'all's team to be like, no, we're like, we're here. Like we're game day. And like game day is rather like, you're like, I'm strong as fuck. Like, you know, Austin is strong as fuck. Like we're all strong. Like, like, you yeah. want that. <laughs> yeah, and also it helps with, like, I mean, it's almost, actually, it would be comparable to college football. Like, this would be, like, a recruiting aspect uh, or, like, thing, too. Like, yep. you see you see craftsmanship, like, sweep the pro. It's like, well, obviously, I'm going to get coaching by Marcellus <laughs> now. Or, like, or if it, and I can just grow the sport, even though I think he's been kind of, he's been swamped, I think, with uh, with uh, people reaching out to him he in the has. past year. Yeah, but I think he, he's about to open it up more. I don't know. I can't speak. Yeah, I don't we'll know either, it. but I know, yeah. like, because when I first, when I, beginning of 2019, um, and then when I got coaching from Joe, the amount of inquiries that people are like, I'm thinking about Marcellus. Thinking about Marcellus has been yeah. high yeah. since uh, 2019 and 2020, and then a very, a very successful 2020, and I think... I think uh, potentially, like, that's the next, like, thing is uh, Marcellus and Flex. Like, yeah. as far as having, like, the super teams of, uh, of powerlifting, if you will, like, kind of going head-to-head, weight class to weight class. For sure. I could see that, especially with the weight classes opening up, it actually yields some sort of competitive uh, some competitive discourse there. But, you know, man, that's going to do it. Yeah, that's it. That was awesome. Wow. Thank you for having me on. It was of course. a good talk. Yeah. Um, and it just it went smooth. <laughs> yeah. Well, considering you're in Houston now, uh, you could be a regular because uh, I know I know for a fact because well, just based on the conversations we have with like two White Lights episodes that one you listen to the show and yeah. two oh you're oh, an opinion I, name I the say, guy. I want to say one thing before we go off. All right. So, all right, I will post this on my. I wanted to post it on my story uh, after I did this podcast. But everything that's going on with the pro and everything with the pro series and all that stuff, whatever. When I was listening to y'all's podcast back in February, and y'all were talking about what is the potential to make powerlifting mainstream, remember when I messaged you yeah. about that stuff, and I started ranting on on my stories about different things, right? Yeah, I said that bodybuilding had it right, and I don't understand why we don't follow that. And people gave me shit over that. And now look, yeah, people, they did. People gave me shit about like they were saying like powerlifters no, fucking suck, they're dude. So, like they're so weird because now here we are. My pro, my like, pro powerlifting podcast I'm like, at the end of it, like powerlifters fucking suck. <laughs> they're so fucking annoying. They're so jaded. <laughs> they suck. Like, I'm just like, oh my god, like y'all, like how are y'all blind to this? And now look at us. Yeah. Well, I mean, for, no. Well, hold on. We're not out of the woods yet. Well. Whenever something's announced, you have like a group of powerlifters who aren't satisfied with anything. We're gonna bitch and moan because it That's doesn't have, like it doesn't hit all of their wants and needs. Yeah. And of course, we My have bad. to cater to their want and needs. Let me let me say it after like you know uh, like the pro cars are actually like given and all that stuff. And yeah. then, like after nationals, then everyone's gonna be like, oh, I love this system. I love. I'll, yeah. I'll wait till after. Yeah, you'll, you'll, you'll <laughs> see. Yeah, you'll see. Yeah, you'll see people uh, still like be upset with it. But yeah, I mean. Like that, but I mean, that was actually Steve's Steve's thing. I mean, like, I you gotta credit him with that that pro card stuff. Like he just said, bodybuilding 
I mean, he's. I mean, he said the same exact, you, the same exact thing yeah. you said in the meetings. He's like, bodybuilding. Uh, yeah. is, no, no, no. Yeah, like, it's like the way to do it if you want to give out pro cards. Yeah, I just think people didn't want to do like like pro cards yeah. initially, but it's like it's that was it's a, the only feasible thing right now in powerlifting is doing that. Yeah, I mean, it's the only way to have that like you know that quote unquote prestige or whatever is 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 to have like that you're a professional athlete and that does mean something cool. especially when you see an IB when you see an IFBB pro you're like oh shit yeah I'm a pro no it's like yeah that's why like i think putting in the bio is actually i see what like it was ironic to start but like making it a thing now like trying to get people like to value the fact that they're pro cuz they should yeah. you should not self deprecate you should not Apologize for being good at something. No. That's my biggest problem with powerlifters. They they think they don't think they deserve prestige or something good. They do deserve it. Yes. Stop being a self deprecating loser. Yes. Just fucking appreciate that you're really good at something, and it's something that people want to be good at. People love our sport. Yes, we Pe- should love our own sport. Well, they they love the sport too, but then people also they do this thing where they uh. I mean, fucking, you, you've probably dealt with it hundreds of times. But you walk into a place, you're muscular. People yeah. ask you how much you lift and how much you do that. Yeah. I'm like, how the fuck do powerlifters say this is not a real sport when, literal, when like, n- fucking people who are just walking the street see you, you're big, and they strike up a conversation with you and how much you lift? Yeah. You show so many. Everyone appreciates strength sports. Yeah. Like, they do. Like, people... People appreciate how much you. They do. They, they do appreciate do. how much you can lift. Yes, they care. Yes. everyone cares that you can squat six hundred, and everyone cares that you can bench over three. Like people want to see you do that. They do. That was not in San Jose. That actually yeah, in line. Fucking they. Two guys pulled me aside and just started grilling me with fucking fitness questions. Yeah, just grilling me with it. And I'm like, how do powerlifters not think this is worth something? Like since the dawn of time, people created sport based on how much people can lift and how strong you were. Yep. This is one of them that people do relate to and appreciate. So if they do appreciate it, if they do relate to it, then be. Be prideful that you're a professional because you are, yeah. and make sure you're known as a professional. And also, go in the right direction where you're going to continue to progress the amount of um, rewards you get as a professional powerlifter. Right, because it could eventually be life changing. Yeah, I'm about to go to Thanksgiving. I'm about to go have Thanksgiving. I'm be like, hey, I'm a professional powerlifter now. Yeah. <laughs> That's gonna be the the talk of the the dirty. Yeah, table. oh, I mean, I mean, I'm just yeah, I've been kind of opening conversations with that recently. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm Angelo, a uh, professional powerlifter, and, like, and I just ask you your name. And, uh, <laughs> I just ask you your, your name, sir, because we have to check you out for. Uh, we have to get your we got to get your name for your Starbucks coffee. I'm like, yeah, I'm yeah. fucking, I'm professional. Trust me, I'm the only professional here, so just uh, put that on the. Like, so are you guys anyone here professional athletes? I'm like, yeah, then actually in Houston, I fucking might. Actually, you might. <laughs> Never mind. My runs were fucking rockets. Different player. city. Different city. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I, I'm like, fuck you. Rockets suck. Anyway, so no one gives a shit. Uh, yeah, I'm a professional powerlifter. So um, let's get away and end it. Yeah. This is my both saying we're professional powerlifters. Yep. Um, yeah, signing off is Angelo Fortino, professional powerlifter. And with me is. This is Brandon Petrie, professional powerlifter. And I'll catch y'all later. All right. See you guys next week. Peace.